Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And LB, I forgot to tell you yesterday that my skims bra broke after all that. My glowing recommendation on the podcast the other day about how amazing skims were and the bloody bra broke. It's important to bring up that. Thank you for being brave enough to share your story. It means a lot to a lot of people. I was actually thinking of you last night because I went to a little movie premiere in my living room. What? I guess that's what we have to do now because we're locked down, so is the rest of the world. You must have missed my invitation in the email (laughs) or something, hey? It was this chic new movie that's out on Amazon Prime today called Red Diaries for Lady Forward. And because they sent this like whole snack pack and Campari drinks, I had like a little red carpet premiere party in my living room while I watched the film. But it just made me think of like we need to start going to events together and how good that's going to be. Yeah, you need to start making them invite me to these other things so then we could have been on FaceTime together. I know, well, you're usually my permanent plus one for all events and that will happen going forward. But if it makes you feel any better, I had this really fancy night with fancy food and cocktails, a fancy movie, felt like I was in Italy, jumped in the shower and my ratty hair extensions just fell out of my hair because they should have been taken out months ago and I was just holding these clumps of wet hair in my hands and I'm like, wow. How the mighty have fallen. (laughs) I love it. Well, on that note, that's not really a good segue, but I'll use it anyway. It's Friday, which means it's weekend watch time, and we have a couple of thrillers. We've got a thrilling new series and a thrilling, very tense movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Hopefully I haven't given it away. But before we get into those two wicked recommendations, we've got to do these entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Yesterday, the Pepsi Super Bowl 56 halftime performers were announced and brace yourselves, it is an iconic lineup. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar will all perform for the first time all together at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California on Sunday, February 13th next year. So it's not even that far away. And unlike last year where people, <coughs> me basically, questioned if The weekend even had the breadth of material to kind of warrant a big Super Bowl halftime spot, these five artists have won a collective 43 Grammys between them and have 22 number one albums on the Billboard 200. So that is a lot of certified bangers to entertain us with. So following the announcement, LA native Dr. Dre said, Nothing, you idiot. Dr. Dre's dead. He's locked in my basement. <laughs> The opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show and to do it in my own backyard will be one of the biggest thrills of my career. I'm grateful to Jay-Z, Rock Nation, the NFL and Pepsi, as well as Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar for joining me in what will be an unforgettable cultural moment. And Jay-Z, whose label Rock Nation serves as one of the producers of the halftime show, called it, quote, history in the making. We'll be covering this in February because, you know, it's going to be the biggest entertainment story of the day 
So hold on to your footballs, I guess. Well, this week, journalist Jessica Rowe released a new episode of her podcast, The Jess Rowe Big Talk Show, which was a long-form interview with politician and One Nation founder Pauline Hanson. So when she released the app, Jess Rowe said that she didn't agree with Pauline's political stance, but she went on to state that this particular interview wasn't about that. Instead, she positioned the podcast episode as focused on love, raising kids, and why Pauline Hanson keeps going. So as soon as that announcement went out, it was met with a flood of concern from people who very rightly pointed out that Pauline Hanson's decades of damaging and racist policies and media coverage was being swept aside in favour of giving her yet another platform to speak on and one that framed her in such a positive way, which is so different to the statements that she freely makes in public all the time. So after reading the comments, Jess released a statement saying that the podcast episode was now being taken down. So she said, there has been much reaction and comment to my podcast conversation with Pauline Hanson today. Pauline's political views are the opposite of mine. I have never agreed with her on those issues. Never will. Kindness is at the heart of who I am. Amongst the comments today, I heard from some who I admire enormously, including Nakia Louie and Grace Tame, and I want to thank them especially for their candour. This will be the start of a bigger conversation for me and with those who this topic directly affects. I've asked listener to remove the podcast episode ASAP. Thank you, everyone. Jess. It was a really quick turnaround, which I appreciate, but I am just baffled as to how it even got to this, like on so many levels. I think Pauline Hanson for me is so Trumpish in the way that she has kind of carried herself throughout her political career. And just to give that person, I guess, a platform, like I don't think we really understand how damaging Pauline Hanson has been because I think people didn't really think that she had any power, but her being re-elected was a big indicator that she had. Like she's been one to kind of normalise xenophobia. She's been one to really come hard down on immigration. She wore a burqa to government one day. Like she just does things that are just so bad and so repulsive that I just don't understand why time and time again journalists or people in the media who are seemingly like smart and understand the world continue to give her kind of like a redemption arc like why we're trying to humanize Pauline Hanson I just don't understand there's so many other people out there who have been quote-unquote cancelled that deserve a redemption arc but Pauline Hanson who's actually done really damaging things for everyday Australians gets some kind of like opportunity to be humanized I just do not understand that Yeah, and I think the thing to focus on here is not the narrative around the bullying of Jess Rowe. I mean, obviously no one deserves death threats or anything like that or online bullying, but I was watching this unfold in real time on Twitter. Like I just happened to be scanning. I saw Jess Rowe's post go up as soon as she posted it and I like felt like a shock in my heart as I saw it and I thought, oh, really? That's such a weird, inappropriate choice. And then I saw the comments start coming and can I say the majority of them were not angry comments. They were really educated, thought out, long form responses pointing out how harmful this interview was from people like Nakia Louie, who we've had on this podcast and has talked about how these things in Australia are actually getting worse, not better in so many ways, from Grace Team, from Carly Finlay, from all these people who wrote these really long educated responses 
pointing out how giving Pauline Hanson yet another platform to speak in this way was amplifying her voice in a way that was really harmful to all the people who have suffered because of her political beliefs and strategies and the way she's spoken in the media. And I think that's very different to being bullied or abused. Pauline Hanson's also released a statement about it saying, last night at 9.56pm, which is a very thorough time to put in there, my office received an email to advise a podcast I participated in some weeks ago with Jessica Rowe was being pulled. I noted that throughout the day, Jessica was sent several tweets condemning her for conducting a non-political interview with me. We discussed my grandkids, family, how to cope with public pressure and depression, as well as some other non-controversial matters in a 30-minute podcast. Twitter haters bombarded Jess online to the point where she obviously felt pressured to remove the podcast. Then she wanted to say that she was very disappointed in Jessica Rowe and then also said, cancel culture in this country is killing debate, freedom of speech and shutting down conservative political representation, which I don't really agree with because Pauline Hanson has an immense platform. Like, yes, the thing is, she's a elected political official. So in that case, she should be given airtime in which to talk about policy, but she also goes to parliament where she can speak on the floor and have her voice heard. She has a party behind her. She's a state elected official. She has all the other avenues that other politicians have to speak. But I think what people were upset about is that she was given this platform that didn't call her out on her policies. And I think also people were rightly pointing out that the rest of the guests that had appeared on this particular podcast were all white as well. So it was also not giving other people a chance to speak on this particular platform. Yeah, that's completely it. And we're not bashing Jess Rowe here. It's not like she was the only person who made the decision to bring on yeah. Pauline Hanson. She has a team around her. Like, And I think that having someone like Pauline Hanson on Jessica Rowe's podcast, which I will assume's audience is a largely white female Australians, you're humanising Pauline Hanson to a group of white privileged women that could be a stepping stone. Like I think we have to remember like you let people in and they kind of appeal to something that you mutually share. So maybe someone listening has a granddaughter or maybe someone listening has had depression and then that opens the door for them to consider Pauline Hanson to be someone that you take information from or someone that you look up to or God forbid someone that you vote for. The other thing I wanted to touch on is just how you talked about Nikia Louie and the many others who responded to her on Twitter saying that they were very educated and long and very respectful answers. Time and time again, when you are in a situation like this, and this is why I know that, I mean, I don't know what happened in her DMs, but I do think that when you say, I've been trolled, you have to be really careful about that because I know for a fact that when people of color are in situations where they are trying to educate someone who's done something that isn't great, they have to be so carefully worded, so balanced, not have any emotion because that is the first and easiest way someone will cut you down. And then you have Pauline Hanson crying that cancel culture is killing this country. Like she has based her whole career off white victimhood. And I'm just so over it. I really just think we have to be so careful giving people these platforms because as you said, she has so many opportunities to speak and so many opportunities where she's heard. She represents a group of people. Like she has a seat in the most important place in Australia where policies are being made. And to change people's minds about who we elect into government is always a grassroots thing. So someone like Jessica Rowe, who has a massive reach, who is white herself, it's not easy always to find people to bring onto podcasts. Like I understand people say it's not easy, but 
like the reason it's not easy is because it hasn't been done before. So you have to maybe spend a little bit more time researching to find a guest to come on. But I also kind of think that's bullshit as well because we do have a breadth of talent in Australia that exists. It just doesn't exist in mainstream media. I'm just saddened by this because I just want us to do better and for people like Pauline Hansen to take critique like this on board and not just make it this whole big like left versus right thing, like this white To me, conservative just means white. Like conservative is traditional. Traditional is what white people perceive to be as the traditions that they imposed on other people. So when you say, you know, conservative people, to me, you're saying white. And I just hate that that word even exists because the underlying meaning of it is just such bullshit. And the thing is, all the puzzle pieces from this have gone back into the exact same place. You know, Pauline Hanson still has a platform and followers. Jess Rowe, as I'm sure she's had a difficult week, but at the end of the day, she's going to keep her podcast and her job and her life will go back to normal. But then all the people who spoke up about this, who have now got backlash from people saying that they're trying to enforce cancel culture and they're being negative and bullies and trolls, will go back down to the bottom of the pile because Australian media, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes, is still predominantly white, slim from wealthy families, that same kind of cookie cutter look. And so for everyone kind of crying out today about cancel culture, it's like the conversation has gone the wrong way yet again. And also Pauline Hanson gets more media attention than most other politicians. Like I would also kind of say that up until COVID, how many names of state premiers did people know? Could you name them all for all states? Did you know what their policies were? It's just that we're seeing them on the TV every day that there's more of an interest in them. But for the last 20 or so years in Australia, everyone knows who Pauline Hanson is because you couldn't turn on morning TV most days without seeing her they were throwing to her for an opinion because they wanted to make the headlines. They wanted her to say something controversial. And I think we should say that in last year in July, Channel 9's The Today Show, who used to have her on all the time, officially cut ties with her after she said that people in Melbourne's lockdown public housing were drug addicts and alcoholics, but only because there was so much public pushback. Up until then, she was getting nearly a daily spot on that show. She had that whole big arc on Dancing with the Stars. She nearly won in a public vote, and a lot of the younger generations at the time didn't actually know a lot about her politics for a long time. They just thought she was the funny lady from Dancing with the Stars. She's done multiple TV appearances. She's been on magazine covers. She's regularly on Kyle and Jackie O, the biggest radio show in the world. They censored her for giving medical misinformation not that long ago. And Kyle Sandlands arced up on the show and said, we can't censor people. And his producers were saying, she's literally saying false medical advice that's harmful and we legally can't run that. So I would argue she's got the biggest platform and taking one podcast away because people very rightly pointed out what's wrong with it is not going to silence her in any way. No, exactly. And like, I just keep thinking of Senator Lydia Thorpe. Give her a platform. Like, she has to get up in Parliament most days to talk about Indigenous rights and gets heckled by her male colleagues, you know? And it's just that kind of stuff really annoys me. Like, if you're looking to show a human side of something, why don't you show someone who's actually trying to do good in the world and not divide the country and try and bring us together? I just think the way the states are all going at the moment and with COVID and borders closure, I just feel like. To have someone so divisive on a platform like this doesn't do us any good. Like at a time when we're really trying to come together, we've put someone up there and now it just brings up this argument of freedom of speech and like, no, 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 no. And it's like, no, like 
freedom of speech is one thing, but bloody Pauline Hanson. Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, just the issue with the intersection of politics and entertainment is that politicians who have the most controversial and harmful views will always be given a role in the entertainment world. The entertainment world is about headlines, which is completely damaging, but I don't see how that's going to change in Australia anytime soon. But I guess, look, that podcast episode is not there to listen to. But if you want to go back and listen to our podcast with Miranda Tapsell and Nakia Louie, who talk about this a lot, and along with their brilliant podcast, if you haven't listened to that, we can link that episode in the show notes if you're looking for a podcast to fill the void. They're the voices that we should be giving a platform to. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, it's Weekend Watch time and I am up first. My recommendation is The Guilty. It is a new thriller movie out on Netflix today, starring our favourite non-showering, showering actor, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a remake of a 2018 Danish drama of the same name. So if you've seen that, you might know what this is all about. So Jake plays Joe Baylor, who's this Los Angeles police officer who's been demoted to a role at the 911 emergency call center. So we meet him when he's like starting his shift as wildfires ravaging throughout California and other emergencies are flooding in. And in the midst of it, he receives a call from Emily and he initially thinks it's a wrong number, but through a series of like yes or no questions, he establishes that she's been abducted and is in grave danger. So he tries to go through normal protocols to help her, But he doesn't have much information to go off and the hunt to find her is slow. So he decides to really take it into his own hands and tries to solve the crime. So at the same time this is happening, it's the eve of some sort of disciplinary hearing, which we don't know what for, but it's the reason why he's landed in this call centre. Mentally and emotionally, he's on the edge. He's really high strung and very much nearing a breakdown and he needs to find her. He needs this win. But he soon discovers that nothing is as it seems and facing what actually happened is the only way out. So it's a pressure cooker, like brace yourselves because it's a lot of stress to take on, but I personally loved it. It's 90 minutes of thrilling entertainment and it's basically a one-man show of Jake Gyllenhaal close-ups of his gorgeous face. The extended cast does include Riley Keough, Peter Sarsgaard and Ethan Hawke, but it's only their voices that you hear. So If I hadn't have told you, you probably wouldn't have picked up on it. So The Guilty out on Netflix now. All right, Laura, from one thriller to another, give it to us. What's your weekend watch? Okay, my recommendation is American Horror Story double feature. So it's actually the 10th season of American Horror Story. I'm sure a lot of people are aware of this anthology series from Ryan Murphy. Same cast, different horror story every season. This particular season is great because it's divided into two parts. So we have Red Tide, which is the first half of the season, which takes place by the sea, and then Death Valley. And the first episode of that has just dropped, which takes place by the sand. So it's all the regular players, Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, 
Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman. Macaulay Culkin is in Red Tide, which is about this little seaside town with vampire people and taking this pill. And I actually found it really distressing. Ryan Keira Armstrong is a little girl actress who plays the main character. And I'm terrified of her. If I saw her in the street, I would run the other way. And so Death Valley has just started and it stars Kaya Gerber in her kind of first big acting role. I'm sure she'll get murdered horribly, which is lovely for her. So if you like really well-told horror and just crazy characters and a bit of over-the-top gore, like even you could watch this, Kitty, you would be fine. American Horror Story Double Feature is streaming now on Foxtel and Binge. We are two spooky cats with our recommendations this week. Well, thank you so much for listening to this bill today. Hey, while you're listening, did you forget to do something? Yeah, you forgot to follow us, okay? And you forgot to leave us a review. So why don't you do that? Because that will be very fabulous and then we can read them and it makes us very happy. Also, are you feeling overwhelmed by the 24-7 news cycle? Mamma Mia's podcast, A Quickie, will bring you up to speed daily, covering the latest news headlines in five plus a deep dive to find out everything you need to know in one go. Is it on us to kind of have everyone prove that they're vaccinated or have people know who and who isn't vaccinated before they attend, say, a family event, for example? I think for large events like a wedding or a large party, I have heard of some people asking for questions of are you vaccinated on, say, the invitation form. I think the challenge there is many of us wouldn't be quite at the place of wanting to require proof. And so then you're still at a place where you might just have to trust people. Check it out in your favourite podcast app today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.